Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community, and to another episode. Um, we're welcoming back Christian Kapoor, who's returning for the full time. Um, so he must like coming onto the podcast. Um, so Christian is the senior research analyst at the World Gold Council, um, and he's here uh, here today to discuss what happened with gold demand trends in 2021, which was obviously last year. And we'll also discuss what the the gold market outlook is for 2022, um, and what obviously the gold industry will be. Um, happening during during this year obviously predictions but um that's welcome christian to the podcast how are you doing christian very well rob thanks for having me back no worries i appreciate coming on for the full time so um obviously the um gold industry uh, as we're going to speak about 2021 is probably up and down uh, sort of a mixed year last year um what were some of the the most interesting gold demand trends you noted uh, during the course of last year so 2021 was an incredibly interesting year, uh, purely because we came off the back of a very, very unusual 2020. Obviously, that was when the, the COVID pandemic really struck globally, and it caused a huge amount of disruption, not just in gold, but, but everywhere, as we know. Um, and that kind of played out some very, very unusual dynamics that we saw for the remainder of 2020. So coming into 2021, it was kind of interesting to see how the gold market would continue to evolve off the back of that disruption. And what we saw was a rather strong gear for gold um, in, in many, many areas. So if we take a look at the jewellery sector, for example, um, we saw a, a good recovery in jewellery demand as we moved away from the epicentre of the pandemic, uh, kind of economic growth and optimism around the recovery uh, improved. Um, and, and so we saw consumers, again, not restricted by those lockdowns, uh, more able to, uh, to kind of go out and buy gold jewellery. Similarly, if we look at uh, technology demand, again, an area that saw a tremendous amount of recovery in 2021, purely because we continue, continue to see high demand for uh, products that, that have gold as part of those components, uh, smartphones, for example, LEDs, uh, kind of components related to the, 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 the kind of the electric car market. Um, so we continue to see recovery there too. Now, if we also consider central banks who have been buyers of gold for the last 12 years, we again saw a, a massive recovery in, in their interest and in buying of gold. So they increased their gold buying by about 82% year on year uh, from 2020, which really shows that there's still a significant appetite for gold demand from, from that sector. If we consider finally investment, the last major category of demand, we saw a bit more of a mixed picture. We saw on the bar and coin side, we saw actually very, very good levels of buying in places like the US and Germany. We saw record levels of, of kind of investment into those small bars and coins. However, contrasting this is ETFs. So actually for gold ETFs, we saw uh, outflows of about 173 tonnes, um, which was the first outflows for, for a couple of years. 
And it actually meant that this actually dragged down the overall investment, uh, the investment uh, total that we that we kind of registered for for the year as a whole. So as you can see, for the most part, it was a pretty good year for gold for for many many different sectors. If we finally last touch upon the the mine supply. Um, while we saw uh, continued declines in recycling demand, uh, sorry, recycling supply, sorry, uh, this was offset by small growth in mine production. Uh, we saw that up about 2% year on year. And again, mine supply not as impacted last year by COVID disruptions as it was in 2020. Um, a lot of what we saw in terms of any challenges that it found was more operational based. Uh, with obviously gold coming out the ground, was there any particular jurisdictions or countries or continents where the gold production was significantly up last year? Yeah, so we saw um, we saw actually uh, supply up in, in many areas, um, but it was it was only certain jurisdictions where we saw some declines, uh, such as uh, in Asia, we saw declines in places like China. That was due to some operational and safety related stoppages. Um, and we also saw some declines in places like Burkina Faso, uh, Australia. Um, but again, looking at the, the, the growth areas, we did see uh, an increase in Egypt. Uh, we also saw increases in Kyrgyzstan and also Indonesia. We saw uh, Grasper continue to ramp up its um, its underground block cave activities. Um, so that again added to that overall uh, number that we saw for for. Uh, uh, production in uh, Indonesia, sorry. Uh, and finally, we also saw an 8% increase in uh, Russian uh, production as well, particularly in Q4. Yeah. So with any of these declines, was it purely down to COVID or was it supply, obviously to do with supply chains? Was it to do with ma- uh, sort of labour? Um, not enough people out on the site um, working. Uh, was it, was it, did you know that sort of data? Yeah, it was certainly more operational based than it was COVID. Uh, As we've moved away from Q1, Q2 uh, last year, the kind of the, the disruption caused by COVID to mining operations around the world has certainly has certainly subsided and it really wasn't a significant issue in 2021 uh, especially compared to 2020 and in fact going forward we think we think that uh, uh, covid is likely to continue to to wane in terms of any remaining disruption that we'll see so very much as you said more on the kind of the operational side than it was on covid and with central banks as well um was there any outstanding um banks or countries that were actually um, acquiring more gold than they, than they usually would across the, across the course of the year? Absolutely. It was a very, very interesting story on the central banking side. So as I said, we saw about 463 tonnes of uh, gold demand from central banks last year. That's 82% higher than the level that we saw in 2020. Um, and then what we've seen for the last 10 years or so is very much gold demand among central banks being concentrated in emerging market banks. So banks such as Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, India, very much regular buyers. And kind of this has been a longstanding trend where it's predominantly emerging markets where the demand comes from. And that's purely because gold reserves as a proportion of their overall reserves is much, much lower compared to their Western counterparts. And part of that is a, a carryover from the, the historic gold standards and, and Bretton Woods eras. 
But what we actually saw in 2021 was a slight deviation from this trend. So we continue to see buying from emerging market banks, some of the names that I mentioned. But what we saw in 2021 for the first time was actually buying from developed market central banks as well. So we saw significant buying from both Singapore and Ireland in uh, 2021, uh, significantly increasing their gold reserves. Now, it's too early to say whether this is a new trend to say that we're going to see more buying from developed market banks. We don't know yet. Um, but certainly, it was a very interesting data point and something that, as I mentioned, we hadn't seen for quite some time. And I think that talks to the breadth of interest and demand that we see in gold from central banks. So we obviously saw a healthy number of emerging market banks buy, but 2021 marked uh, a turning point or or certainly an outlier in terms of not only was it emerging market banks, it was also developed market banks showing that interest in gold as well. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about the mixed picture for investment demand uh, last year? Absolutely. So, as I mentioned at the top, we saw a very, very uh, strong year for bar and coin demand. So, for those of you who may be listening for the first time, uh, we tend to broadly split gold investment into two categories, bar and coin and ETFs. So, starting with the um, bar and coin uh, segment, um, we saw uh, it reach a three-year high of 1,180 tonnes. And there were a number of dynamics which kind of led to that. It was predominantly consumers focused on that inflation story. So obviously, it's incredibly topical at the moment, and it has been growing for, for several months now, this idea that inflation is here but it's transitory. But now we're starting to think it'll be more persistent. And this has played into the sentiment that consumers are are showing that actually um, their concerns about inflation are are kind of very, very deep. They're concerned that this will be around for a lot longer than they expected. And some of that has manifested itself in bar and coin demand. So if we look at some of the areas around the world where we saw increased um, investment demand, um, it's, it's pretty broad. In the East, we saw India and China, particularly in Q4, with healthy levels of gold demand for, uh, sorry, bar and coin demand. And equally on the West, we saw both the US and Germany hit record levels of bar and coin demand, which again shows the strength. Uh, one useful data point that we, we mentioned, particularly in the US, was um, the US mint actually sold um, its highest level of um, coins, gold coins, gold American eagle coins. Since 2009 um, or 2010, uh, it certainly it certainly shows that this that last year's level of demand was certainly the, the 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 strongest for a good good number of years. Equally, we also saw news from the Perth Mint saying that their their gold uh, minted product sales were the highest on record back to I think 2012. So again, all evidence showing that consumers actually recognize the challenges facing them in terms of things like inflation and um, and have really um, shown their interest in gold as a hedge against those those challenges. Um, I mean, if these record levels, obviously, as we've seen last year, continue, how would that affect, um, obviously, the amount of um, supply? Um, obviously, demand will increase. What, what will that, how will that affect supply? 
um, with obviously the amount of coming that's actually coming out the ground, and if the the demand continues. Well, I mean, that's a good question. Certainly uh, in 2020, when COVID first hit, we did see supply chain issues within the gold market um, because of the, the lockdowns, the travel restrictions, um, the kind of the huge demand for things like PPE around the world. It kind of swallowed up a lot of the, the uh, commercial cargo space and freight space, which meant that transporting gold around the world actually became, became quite difficult. Um, however, that kind of resolved itself relatively quickly, um, and we haven't really encountered any issues around that for some time now. So in terms of supply, I, I don't think there's going to be any significant issues. At least there's none, none been reported so far. Um, and certainly, um, it, it's, it's likely that uh, any gold demand that we we see should because of that be be well met um however obviously as you mentioned mine supply um is a little slow to react to things like price increases or increases in demand so we'll have to see how that plays out it's likely that mine production won't shift significantly in terms of overall global production at least this year um and it could be that we see other elements of supply such as recycling kind of adjust to help the market kind of address that need if there is a an imbalance between that demand and supply equation. Um, but if we move on to the uh, gold ETF side of um, the investment picture, you mentioned absolutely right, it was mixed. So we saw actually outflows uh, of 173 tons last year. Now, a lot of that was due to investors being more focused on the in interest rate increases that we saw throughout the year, the rising bond yields, which again are a challenge to gold being a non-yielding asset, um, rather than purely just the inflation story that we saw mainly on the consumer retail borrowing coin side. So because of that interest and that, that kind of the, the concerns around rising rates and what that would mean for gold, we actually saw outflows in uh, gold ETFs. Now, this predominantly came in Q1. Again, because of uh, the rates, and again, if you remember back to Q1 last year, the rollout of the vaccines had only just begun, which gave people more optimism. So there might have been some, some outflows owing to some people becoming more optimistic and feeling that maybe there was less need to own as much gold in their portfolio. Um, and that's certainly something that, that her kind of the, the, gold, uh, the gold ETF space, especially in the US, never fully recovered from. So the outflows that we saw in the Q1, quite, quite significant, but we continue to stay in outflows for the rest of the year. Um, however, it's worth putting that into context. While we did see the outflows last year, if you compare this to the last several years, we actually saw about 2,200 tons of inflows into gold ETFs. So the outflows that we saw in 2021 were really just a very small percentage of what had come into those products over the preceding years. So yes, outflows, it could be more of a mixed picture going forward on the investment side, because as you'll have seen, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners will have seen most recently, there is that big, big focus on what the Federal Reserve are doing in terms of rates, how much they're going to lift them by, how quickly. Um, but then also on the flip side of that, there is that concern that inflation is going to remain a lot higher for a lot longer. So there is those almost two forces that, that investors have had to counteract, uh, um, whether they want gold as a hedge against that particular inflation um, or whether the, the, the kind of the challenge that rates poses means that they, they want to hold less. Has the has the gold market actually been affected by cryptocurrencies at all? Um, from obviously from some of your 
data and research that you undertake? Yeah, so I mean, we we've we've we're not obviously focused or, or experts on on cryptocurrencies. Um, what little anecdotal evidence we we've seen, we don't believe that cryptocurrencies have really taken a significant, if any, proportion uh, kind of level of interest away from gold. You see the headlines a lot that that cryptocurrencies are digital gold, but I think if you look recently, the performance of cryptocurrencies, um, which are, are kind of far far more volatile. Don't have the similar return sources. Uh, sorry, demand sources that gold has. Um, prove that that they are very different propositions than gold in terms of an investment asset. They seem to perform more akin to uh, technology stocks. Uh, we saw obviously uh, the the Nasdaq fall significantly since November, and uh, a number of cryptocurrencies seem to have followed a similar trajectory. While gold has remained relatively stable, and in fact is has been has been incrementally rising so far this year. Um, so we don't believe that, that any of the interest in cryptocurrencies has, has necessarily meant any less demand for gold. Um, obviously, Julie, demand had a record uh, quarter four last year. What would you say the main drivers are uh, for that record production? Yeah, I mean, it was certainly a, a very, very blockbuster quarter for, for jewellery demand. And one of the key reasons for that was uh, India. Um, so if you look at jewellery first at a global level, in the first three quarters of last year, we saw year-on-year increases. And a large part of that was due to the base effect. So comparisons to the same quarter in 2020, which was severely impacted by COVID at the time. So it meant that the year-on-year comparisons may not be as reflective as they would normally be under certain under normal circumstances, sorry. But Q4 really in 2020 had recovered sufficiently that, that we were back to more more relatively more normal environment for gold jewelry demand, which makes the Q4 2021 versus Q4 2020 comparison all the more relevant and representative. So we saw a 40% increase in jewelry demand in Q4 last year, um, which again is, is a very, a very, very strong number if you compare that to um, where we were during the pandemic and really illustrates that recovery that we saw. And as I mentioned, the big driver of that Q4 number we saw in 2021 was India. So India had a record quarter for um, gold uh, gold jewellery demand um, by quite some distance. And a lot of that was due to several factors. We saw that the ongoing rollout of vaccinations in India meant that cases had been falling, the lockdown restrictions had been eased at the time, and this was coming into a traditionally seasonal, a strong seasonal time for um, for Indian jewellery demand because we were coming towards the wedding and festival season. So there was Diwali, there was a lot of weddings, that many of which had been postponed from earlier in the year. So in May, around Q2, we had a second wave, which again, hampered the first wedding season. So we maybe had a a good deal uh, more weddings than we would have normally done. And again, all of that factored in with a a kind of a lower gold price helped really boost that gold jewellery demand we saw in India. And and being one of the larger gold markets, that really helped propel the overall global number. Um, Gold demand rose by 10% in 2021. Um, Would you describe that as a good year for gold? Yeah, I, I would describe it as a, a good year. I mean, a lot of the headlines you see are, are gold price focused, and obviously the gold price fell slightly last year. Um, however, if you look at the 
sectors of demand, so jewellery, technology, central banks, and investment. There are a lot of positive stories that we've spoken about so far. Um, and I think the big word that I want your listeners to take away is recovery. So we've seen uh, a good deal of recovery in the gold market from that disruption that we saw in 2020 owing to the pandemic. Now, obviously, we will wait to see how that plays on going forward. But I think if you take 2021 as a whole and you look at that demand base, I think you can come away with that with a relatively positive picture. There were a number of stories. And again, while it will talk mostly on a global level, if you dig down into that country level, again, you see that recovery playing out in a number of different areas, both in Western markets and Eastern markets. So it really was a very, very broad-based type of recovery. So uh, moving on to sort of more current times, um, we're sort of one month in now. Um, what trends are you starting to starting to see in the gold uh, gold market? Um, I suppose in particular with central banks, um, institutions, and also uh, private investors. Yeah, it's it's a great question. So after about a month, um, again, as I mentioned, gold the gold price itself has been performing relatively stably, um, and that's in comparison to a number of other assets, equities, cryptocurrencies, which have have struggled a bit more. Um, if we look at what we have seen from what data is available already, um, we've seen actually inflows into ETFs, which is a turnaround from obviously what we saw last year. So we saw about 46 tons of inflows in January, the majority of which again was in the North American funds and in Europe. So again, we're starting to see maybe a slight shift in sentiment where there is concerns about high equity valuations given recent falls in in certain indices. Uh, There are concerns about inflation. There are um, concerns about whether central banks around the world are reacting fast enough to try and counter that inflation or whether they potentially could go too far and hamper that economic recovery, which is still progressing. And so maybe some of that has led to um, some interest in, in gold um, as, a, as a portfolio hedge. Um, it's also worth mentioning that on a historical basis, we've also seen gold um, perform relatively well when it comes to uh, geopolitical risk. And obviously, there's been a lot of, a lot of discussion about uh, the, the tensions between uh, NATO allies and, and Russia in terms of Ukraine. So at the moment, I think that all kind of combines into a relatively high level of uncertainty, which again, might be driving a lot of those inflows into um, into gold ETFs. Um, on the central banking side, we haven't seen too much yet. We're still waiting for the first few data points to, to come out for the year. But if we take a look at what we saw in, uh, in kind of the second half of last year, but the year as a whole, we, you know, we continue to believe that sentiment towards gold amongst central banks will remain positive. So overall, we're still expecting them to remain net purchases in 2022. We don't necessarily see that um, see that we're going to to kind of move away from that. I think what we're waiting to find out is to see, like we did last year, a large number of one-off purchases from countries like Thailand and Brazil, whether they would be repeated this year. We think it's unlikely, but we'll have to wait and see if any other new central banks that we hadn't seen before, um, and as I mentioned, any further developed market central banks also decide to step into the market. So it's very much a a kind of a wait and see uh, kind of stance we have at the moment. And lastly, as a obviously conclusion, what do you think 2022 holds for gold and obviously the gold market? 
Yeah. So I think the big thing for gold is, is some of the things we touched upon. So it serves as a, a really good question to summarize a lot of what we've discussed. So I think going forward, it's likely that gold will face very similar dynamics in 2022 that it did in 2021. So it's competing forces um, which support and curtail its performance. Um, so in the near term, we believe that gold is going to remain kind of reactive to, to real rates um, and, and the speed of response from central banks to tighten monetary policy in that attempt to control inflation. And we've seen some of that already in January with the Fed's announcement that they will, will potentially be tightening more aggressively than previously expected. But at the same time, then we still have relatively elevated uh, equity markets, which again were a pause for concern or a cause for concern. Sorry, uh, amongst investors last year because they seem to be just chugging higher without you know uh, kind of being affected by any potential bad news. And I think people were worried that, that equity valuations were just becoming quite frothy. Um, and so as a result, I think there are concerns given that we saw. We've already seen some pullbacks, uh, as I mentioned, in, uh, in big indices around the world, such as the S&P and, and NASDAQ, that there could be the potential for more equity market pullbacks. So there's that, that kind of uh, interest in maybe gold as, as a hedge against those. Um, and we shouldn't forget the demand side. So we talk a lot about the macroeconomic indicators, such as rates, such as inflation. But again, talking to those demand, uh, demand sectors, you know, jewellery, central banks, we saw that recovery. We'll wait to see. It's likely that we're going to see continued recovery in those sectors from consumers looking to buy, from central banks looking to buy. And so that in itself will add to um, or provide additional longer term support to gold. So to summarize, I think what we're seeing is uh, a kind of gold has uh, both headwinds and tailwinds um, and how those will play out the the kind of the, the, the competing forces in inflation and interest rate rises um, and how the markets will respond to those will really kind of dictate where where gold goes but I would I would add that I think with uncertainty uncertainty quite high with inflation likely to be more persistent than initially believed, even with rate hikes, I think it's likely that, um, you know, or we maintain that there is still, there is still a role that gold can play in people's portfolios. And I think the uncertainty that we've seen and, and a lot of the dynamics that we're seeing at the macroeconomic level suggests that for many investors, gold potentially could be a useful asset to consider in their investment, investment portfolios. Christian, really appreciate your time on a, a, another update. Um, obviously, concluding what happened in 20, or give us an overview of what happened in 2021, um, and also give us an uh, updating us on what's happening so far in 2022. So, really appreciate your time. Um, if our audience wants, if, if they've got any questions, how can they go about uh, reaching you? Yeah, so uh, I'm available on Twitter. You can contact me there directly. So that's at Christian Gopal. Um, alternatively, all of our research and data is freely available on our website, goldhub.com. I'd encourage all of your listeners uh, who have an interest in gold to go there. Uh, we, we publish uh, research regularly. Uh, we have a, a huge amount of data on there that's freely available, as I said, um, and it will allow you to really uh, dig into some of the dynamics that I've spoken to today, but also see some other areas that we may not have touched upon yeah that's great really appreciate your time and those that are listening uh, appreciate if you can share this episode obviously gold um is is 
I suppose it can be an important uh, part of someone's portfolio. Um, if they're not already in gold, they may look at um, moving into gold um, over the coming months and year, years. So appreciate you can share this episode um, to educate, obviously, the wider wider mining community and, and even probably people outside of the mining community. So appreciate your continued support. And until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.